When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome! To I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Western New York's premier market and tap room. Eight different locations all over Western New York with over 300 beers to choose from. Open seven days a week from 1130 a.m. till 1030 p.m. and later. Live entertainment and trivia at all eight locations. And, of course, they are both kid and dog friendly. <clears throat> and let's not forget Buffalo Go Apparel, one of the premier spots to get all of your Buffalo sports apparel needs. I am a hat guy. Make sure you get your hands on the Buffalo NFL Shield snapback or the Buffalo NHL Shield truckers snapback cap here amongst all of the shirts, hoodies, and different apparel they have. And please keep an eye out for our merchandise. We'll be dropping soon. Uh, obviously, we'll be sharing it for you all to see at Buffalo Logo Co. on Instagram and Twitter, at Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter. And I got that perfect in one try, Harold, which – I mean, in, in terms of the way things went for the Sabres tonight, it's probably, like, the best thing that happened, right? I mean, I don't know how to word that better, but compared to how things went for Buffalo tonight, I mean, tore it up. I knew you'd get that eventually. It only took about 300 tries. Yes, I know. Finally, right? Um, so eloquently as well. Uh, <laughs> Sabres uh, lose 3-2. to two. And I think we got a lot to really unpack here uh, in terms of the way things went. They couldn't pay it, play a full 60 minutes. And I think there's a lot of criticism that can be thrown at Don Granato tonight. Yeah. I think there's also a lot of criticism that could be thrown at the, the officiating. Oh, for sure. No, no, that's obvious. I, uh, I think um, there's a certain level of uh, frustration that, it's kind of hard to overcome when you're in a position like Don Granado was in tonight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't want to take a bench minor to, to add on to a penalty that was called to make it a five on three in the third period. But at the same time, the refs need to be able to do their job appropriately. And I, I would say for the majority of the night, they didn't do that. And I think the Sabres were on the short end of the stick on a lot of different calls. Um, Zach Benson's tripping call. Yeah. He's his stick was out and Forsling tripped over it, but I wouldn't, consider that your classic uh, textbook tripping call by any means. And that comes after another Zach Benson 
uh, phantom penalty earlier in the game when he was forechecking, got in front of the defenseman and was called for holding for some godforsaken reason. There's actually a highlight reel going around on Twitter right now of seven different Zach Benson penalties this year that are com- almost completely phantom calls. And yep. maybe it's because he's 18 years old. Maybe it's because he's a rookie or it was just drafted this year. Connor Bedard's not getting those calls called against him. So that's just one example of the frustration. It is it, it is frustrating, you know, when you see the, the amount of calls. And I know the, the highlight reel you're talking about, <clears throat> the, the amount of uh, calls against Zach Benson. I will say this, after that phantom call earlier, I think we did get a makeup call, which led to a power play goal for us. Um, <clears throat> But that being said, you can't really complain about the trip uh, there in the third period. I was honestly, I was on my way to get food. Uh, and uh, I was only listening on the radio, and uh, so I didn't see it. I only saw the replay, so I wasn't sure what happened beforehand. Kind of a, kind of a bang bang play, and it almost like it did. It's not like Zach Benson tripped Forsling. It's like Forsling tripped over Benson's stick. Like Benson has a right to have his stick where his stick was, and Forsling just skated into it and tripped over it. It's not like Benson actively moved his stick. I mean, a trip is a trip, though. Yeah, no, a trip is a trip, right. but at the same time, like that's not the level of trip that's always called. That was kind of like no, I mean, I'm not incidental contact. I think the the the, the Don Granado explosion of emotion, which is something we've been begging for all season. Let's be real. Let's let's be transparent. That is something we've been asking for from Don Granado all season long. Show more emotion, show more passion, and hopefully it resonates with your lineup. You know, we see Rod Brindamore, classic example, last game. How often do we watch? The Sabres play the Canes, and at some point you see Rod the Bot losing his fucking mind on the bench. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. And we always say, I wish I, I posted a video of Lindy Ruff after a game back in the 2000s, just losing his mind after a game in the hallway. I was like, I want that for my coach. And I'm glad he gave it to me tonight, but it's it, there's two arguments that there's arguments for both sides of this fence, you know, him doing it, him not doing it in a one goal game. You'd like you'd like to see your coach keep us cool there, but yeah, I also but understand why. This also like happens all the time. Refs like yeah, yeah. Sorry, like coaches blowing their caskets and a bench minor is not called. Yep. So it's just it it just didn't make sense to me in the moment that it happened and added on to a whatever you want to describe that penalty is. I just thought it was really soft. And it was a soft officiating crew the entire night, honestly, from both sides. I thought they didn't let them play. And it had the intensity of a playoff game, and they just kept blowing the whistle. So I thought it ruined kind of what was a better game than it was. Uh, obviously, yeah, the Sabres I, had one of their worst periods of the season in the, in the second period. And Lukanen won 18 for 18 to keep them in it. And uh, just another example of, obviously, as you said, them not playing 60 minutes of hockey. Yeah. That, that, um, at the end of the day is what doomed them. So definitely want to hit some quotes uh, after the game uh, from Brian Koziel <clears throat> with the post game here. Uh, Granat, well, apparently Eric Johnson only played three minutes and 31 seconds tonight. Yeah. His first two shifts of the game resulted in goals uh, yeah. against. So he got, he got sent um, down. Uh, well, right. I mean, the, the second, I mean, it's a bad bounce off. off bad the bounce, but what are you attempting to do there? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I, just, I, if, that, if, if anything, like if you get your body if down. Owen Power or Darlene, we're not losing our minds on. No, it. but at the same time, Owen Power and Darlene are much more responsible defensively than Eric Johnson. Has I mean, you got a puck that goes in off you while you're while you're while you're trying to cover the front of the net, or 
and, where and I, I really think, do it. Like, eh. And I, I and I think it's not just tonight though. He was he's been on the ice for eight of the last seven, uh, eight of the last eleven Sabers goals against. So. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm not saying he's been good by any stretch of the means, yeah. but like that second goal, I mean, like, I mean, you just. He happened to be the guy it went off of. But I did see you. I did see UPL turn around and put his glove in the air. He was frustrated. And yeah, I, mean, I don't I think just, that's really directed at Eric Johnson. It's like, come on, man! Like, what do I got to do? But like, of, what do you want him to do there, man? No, I, no, I mean, but like, if his goal was to block the shot, get down, put your stick down, paddle down. Well, um, I think he's trying to take down the pass on the ice. because he knows it, he has Barkoff in front. It just, that that it wasn't just, a shot on that. That was a thousand percent. A pass, a pass to Barkov but went off him in it. Just, it felt like a lazy uh, block. Attempt, I'm not I, – listen, we can agree to disagree on the second one. It just happened to yeah. – we can agree to disagree there. He was taking the pass away from Barkov, and it just went off him and in. And on the first goal, I arguably – First goal, yes, but the second goal, I won. I arguably think it was a pick play, but he was just moved out of the house. Well, yeah, Montour, Montour, Montour set a pick there. Um, which you can argue interference, but I also well, think Bart is kind of entitled to that ice as well. Yeah, but you gotta um, you gotta stand you can your go either way on that. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Granado again in the officials. My frustration is not on our players. Uh, Granado's still not happy with the officiating. Not happy with Greenway double minor or Krebs taking punches to the head with no call. Says Benson is going after a puck gets pushed down. Says it was a very tough night, and at some point you just have to stand up for your team. Again, I I appreciate that. I mean, it's something we wanted from him all season. Uh, Granado, you lose the way it happened. You lose the way it happened is extremely aggravating, and I'm not talking about our players. Aquoso says you got to put your big boy pants on when when you face this team. Says a lot of guys did, but they need they they need everyone. Aquoso officials are doing their best. They aren't going to be perfect. You can't blame the officials. I tell my eight year old, you can't blame the refs. So I'm go- not going to start doing it now. UPL, overall, I thought we had a really good first period. That's the thing. We were only down by a goal heading to the third, and that's all that matters at that point. It sucks that we lost. It was a good effort in the end. Yeah, I mean, that that second period was absolutely atrocious. Um, they, got, they got dog walked. Yeah, oh, dude, not just dog walk, man. I'll, I'll hit out physically. Like, they were just dominated in every aspect of the game in the in the, in the I mean, the second period. The, even the hits for the game, 37 to 19. You saw Thompson get run over behind the net. I, listen, I understand you want to stand up. Debatably late. But, huh? Debatably late there, but. Eh, it's a clean hit. No, yeah, it was, it was. I, I would say maybe even a tiny bit late, but I like the response from Tuck and also Krebs right after that. So. Um, that Thompson good. hopes the goal springboards him going forward to score more now. <clears throat> Knows he needs to score to help the team win. I said this. In both game notes in between periods, that's a guy that you just need to dom- start dominating if you want to win. I know he's playing hurt, but he's your your top gun. You know what I mean? Next to Darlene, it's him, and you need that guy to start getting on the score sheet more often. Uh, Thompson says they still need a strong emphasis on getting to the net and battle and fight for it. I agree. Tonight especially, I thought the battle you've seen probably in the last five games in a row, getting to the net, battling, it just wasn't there for 60 minutes. Uh, Thompson says he really doesn't want to comment on the officiating. It may or may not ha- have an outcome on the game and says it can create excuses. It sucks trying to kill off five, kill off a five on three, but you have to do it. Thompson says UPL kept them in it. It's a tough league says they've been chasing leads a lot this year. Says it's been a trend, but credit UPL for giving them a chance. Uh, 
Yeah, again, I mean, more. what more do you want from your goaltender than what he gave you tonight? I mean, he played a damn, a damn great game. Um, can't really blame him for either goal. Uh, um, <clears throat> he might self-blame himself for a little bit of the one because I think any time you give up a six-hole goal, you kind of hang your hat on yourself. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a fantastic shot. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, he completely made up for it in the second period. Yeah, 100%. And gave in a period, again, where – they got dominated. I mean, they lost almost every board battle. They lost the neutral zone, but you know, down low uh, in the off in the uh, <clears throat> defensive zone. I mean, Florida just made had their way with them, I mean, like literally. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's the it's the model that you strive for the entire team. Yeah, uh, they face offs forty three to twenty eight hits thirty seven to nineteen. That's obviously a team that you saw get all the way to the cup final last season after not having the best regular season, but they hit their stride and they're currently the best and most hottest and maybe not the hottest if you include the Red Wings, but I would say that they're the best team in the league right now. Uh, and I it's, mean, do you see their record since, uh, I forget what the date, it, what date it was. Um, it's insane. They have like four, four regulation losses yeah. and they're like, they're like 34 and one or something stupid. For and you think of how many offensive weapons that they have, but you can just kind of tell how responsible they are defensively, especially in the third period. Teams do the do this to the Sabers a lot, but clogging up that neutral zone, putting five guys at the blue line, not letting them in, especially when the Sabers pulled the goalie or were at least attempting. That's a whole different discussion. Of what was going yeah. on the last two and a half minutes? It was it was it was really bad. Uh, but so I would bad. say that it was at least. Uh, it wasn't helped by the fact that the, the Panthers were as stingy and responsible as they were in the neutral zone. But and, you also, uh, but you also, and we'll get to this in a minute because I want to hit a few. We got a lot, a lot of people commenting in the peanut gallery. Um, you, you also have, you know, sustained pressure and possession for at least thirty seconds, right around the two minute mark. And yeah. UPL, you, they had the camera on him. He's like, "Hello, are you pulling me?" Like, "Hello," like, like because at yeah. that point, like you don't know if you're gonna get pressure again. Yeah, no, I thought they should have right there. They should have they they yanked him right there. I saw something about Tampa Bay pulling their goalie with like nine minutes left to, tonight or something, something stupid. They were probably right down like three goals. If I yeah, but still, minutes. like yeah. Yeah. two minutes and 30 seconds, that's when you got it. If you have if you have possession, you have pressure, down by one, you know, whether you're down by one or two, I mean, that's the time it's, to do it. It's always, it's always under two for me. Uh, before yeah. that's a little bit too early because the pressure is obviously not there for the opposing team, but – uh, yeah, I, I think they they definitely screwed that one up tonight. But you know that's that's apples and oranges to the rest of yep. the game. I don't I don't think that's the reason they lost. Uh, from Kevin, worse worse refs again from our boy Mauricio. Too much stick handling, puck handling, Cousins, Paterka, Skinner. I will agree with Mauricio there. I thought there was a number of times in this game where you know there was too much handling of the puck. You just got to start shooting. The passing uh, in the first period I thought was fantastic. But again, there were a couple times where I thought they tried to do way too much, tried to make that one extra pass, and it ended up going back the other way. So I, I do agree with that point. But there, UPL deserves better from Gar. This game represented the whole season: self-inflicted poor play, poor coaching, no clutch. Paterka killed his line tonight. He frustrated. He's frustrated from not scoring, and his game is off big time. Um, I, I will say I didn't notice Paterka a lot tonight. Yeah, he he had two shots on goal. It obviously yeah. wasn't his most impactful night, and he's been a little bit quiet um, at least over the course of the past month. Aside from a couple of games where he, yeah. he's up to 19, 19 goals, obviously, but yeah, he hasn't been as good as he was early. No, 
Power play was bad after the first. As soon as they let in one to tie it, I felt. Um, yeah, I thought the power play did look good in the first. You know, obviously that's how they scored their their first goal. But uh, atrocious after that, uh, Hurls, atrocious. Yeah, and it, and it, and to me, it comes back to zone entry and their inability to effectively do it against teams that are so well-structured in the neutral zone and along the blue line. Teams like the Islanders and the Rangers, uh, and as you saw with the Panthers tonight, they clog up the blue line, and they force you to dump it in and have speed to retrieve that puck and enter the zone with possession. You can't enter the zone with possession when there's four or five guys on the blue line, and they did that really well. And That's partially the reason the power play wasn't able to have any sort of stability whatsoever. Yep. Here from Hudson Curtin, uh, team desperately needs a star. Did you see their four checks versus ours? Night and day, no scoring. Yeah, like you said, especially in the second period, I think it is so glaringly obvious how much we were losing those little battles at both <clears throat> on both like, down low at both ends. You know, and in the defensive zone and the offensive zone, they were just all over us, man. They didn't give us any time to make decisions. Um, you always know you're gonna like. I think it was Akposo said it, or was it Tate? You, you, you know you're going to have to play a physical game against these guys. Whenever Matthew Kachuk is out there and you know, he's not I and mean, he doesn't have the puck, guess what he's doing? He's mad. He's finding ways to make contact with you. Uh, I was crazy surprised that Tage dropped, was right willing to drop the gloves with, with, with Kachuk. He's such a heavyweight. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you would consider Kachuk a heavyweight, but he play, he, he fights like a heavyweight. He's a, he's a, he's a psycho at least. Yeah, he absolutely him and his brother. Um, I, uh, I, you always know you're going to get that type of game when you play Florida and the, and the players they have on this team. Uh, so it, 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 it was pretty concerning for me going to the third, seeing how much they just got dummied in the second. Yeah. And I mean, you had to expect at least like some type of push like that was coming from the Panthers, especially after the first, but of course that cannot last an entire period. And mm -hmm. that is ultimately what killed them. I think they just need to do something different, man. Like, I obviously have to do something different, but I saw some stuff and I posted it today. I forget which team it was. It was college or junior. But maybe it's, you know, maybe focusing more puck movement, you know, almost like, you know, forward to forward behind the net and just trying to suck those. It was it was a five. I think it was a five on three, but try and suck the kill more towards the net and get your goalie moving back and forth. Us as goalies, that sucks that when, when – team a team is moving the puck so fluidly getting you go back and forth back and forth back and forth and maybe you can sneak one of your two elite defensemen or whoever it is maybe you're, you're running four forwards up from the top and try and sneak him in because what they've been doing all season trying to feed puck uh or tage the puck uh, in his spot or trying to not there's a lack of thereof of using the bumper uh it just doesn't work so yeah. maybe that's something they could look. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not. A I, saw, coach, I saw the same clip and I was really encouraged by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking that, about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like using every single inch of the offensive zone. And that includes behind the net. Uh, the greatest player of all times office was behind the net. Wayne look, at, look at the pass from Krebs. The other night on the game winning goal. Was it the game? Was it the game winning goal? The power, you know, the game tying goal, the power. The game tying goal. Yeah. But the patience uh, there. great example. And also, like you said with goalies, like I think my I'm at my most comfortable uncomfortable when I have to track the puck behind the net. And one of the best plays is True. when a forward is going behind the net and they act like they're gonna keep going and they pass it back to the short side. And I think Skinner and Tuck and 
Paterka have executed that play a few times this season, but it is confusing sometimes to know where you are in your crease and where the puck is going and where it's ending up when it's going behind the net. So I, I, I would love if they utilize that a little bit more, just even on a five on four power play, it doesn't have to be a five on three, any type of change. The, the power play has gotten better since Granado took over, thankfully, uh, but it's still not good enough and it needs to be better if they have any type of chance whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, agreed uh for me as a goalie too like you said like you know back and forth you know trying to use your peripherals look out front like worry about the puck moving back like there's a lot that goes on there and i i agree with you man that's when i'm probably most uncomfortable and also like one of the hardest shots to save is from a pass from behind the net because a lot of the time you're on the ice trying to steal the ice on on your posts and therefore you're not able to come out and challenge a shot from behind the net as well as you normally would yep so Agreed. from a variety of different reasons, it is very difficult to do def- to, to defend that type of play. And, and, and the, the, the penalty kill isn't going to break that box, but if it's a five on four, if, if, for example, it's a five on four, they're not going to break that box to chase you behind the net. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're going to stay, they're going to try it. So the point is to suck them in and make them break that box and hope you open somebody up, whether it's a winger or one of your defensemen uh, coming up top. And I, I don't know, man, it's, it's got to do something different, man. You know, it's, too little, too late, but I saw that video today just like you did. I'm like, wow, like there's something different, man, that you should see, more teams should be doing. Yeah, um, for sure. This is a game that just makes you mad at Kevin Adams and the season overall. Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, yeah, I I think, took- uh, Ryan Callahan made a pretty good point uh, during the show. They basically were just asked, like, even if they don't make the playoffs and they're able to make a run at it, towards the end of the season, like, could that at all be considered a success? He was like, no, like, especially with the expectations for this team this season, especially with how they finished last year, one point out of a playoff spot, their start in their middle ultimately doomed this team. And it's going to do them unless they go on an even better run than they did last year, which doesn't look like it's going to happen given how little they've been able to score. The only reason they've been in games is, is because of how good UPL has been. So yeah, it's it is a disappointment and it, it's an indictment of the lack of any real tangible move that Kevin Adams made uh in the offseason. Yeah. And listen, like I know people who follow me, especially like the last like week, the Pat Kane stuff. And <clears throat> for me, it's not like it's not that I'm mad that we didn't sign Patrick Kane. Yeah, I wanted him. I think they tried to. Yeah, they they tried to. Yeah, like I get it. Like we we tried to. He didn't want to come here. That's fine and dandy. But it was the fans that really – the the whole point of posting it is – and I'll get to my actual point here in a second. But the whole point of posting it is the fans who, you know, focus so much on on charts and graphs and just feed whatever bullshit's fed to you by certain talking heads that really don't know what they're talking about. Um, And then it's just – you know, your lack of accountability when you're wrong and you called me an idiot for two months because I, I thought I like, because I insinuated that he still could play. But what spawned from that was just like, there's no way he could have helped this team. No way. You think he would have made this a playoff team? Like, first off, we have a bottom three power play in the league, power play in the league. It's atrocious. Um, most likely than not with a, with a healthy team, Pat Kane plays in your bottom six. Obviously there's been a lot of struggle in your top six, but there's been just as much like struggle in your bottom six. If if that's where he would have played, you're not going to sit here and tell me that a point per game plus player 
even though he had a slightly slower start, obviously he was knocking the rust off, wouldn't have helped this team. But it just goes to show you, like, how much his lack of action in the offseason offensively really fucking hurt this team. And that you that that was like like that was the signing you tried to make when he was finally trying to you know pick came down to his list of teams. Why did why did you wait till then and felt like that was the move you had to make at that point when the season already started and it was already kind of going off the rails? Why didn't you think that before the season, like in the, why didn't you think in the off season was the time to try and make that move or? Maybe not for Patrick Kane, but for the number of other players that were available in the offseason and free agency. Instead, you 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 settled for a Connor Clifton, who I will say over the last month. Way yeah, he's been way better. But Eric Johnson, and, and and there's a point to be made here. Granado doesn't bench people. He's done it one time. He, and he, I wouldn't even say it, it was a benching. He just demoted Tage Thompson to the fourth line after one bad shift. This is the first time we've seen him mid-game bench anybody, anybody this season. And it was Eric Johnson, one of the free agent guys, the most tenured guy in the uh, that he has in this team in terms of NHL experience and the only guy on the team that has a ring. He benched that guy for the entire game after the first two goals. So, like, I, I agree with Hudson. Like, it just kind of goes back to Kevin Adams. I know it's yeah, kind of like a longer rant, like a rant, but, like, like, no, it does, and the and the reason Kane didn't sign with the Sabers probably one of the biggest reasons was the horrid start and the fact yeah. that the the team kind of crumbled into itself in the first two months of the season. Had he signed the guys that he probably needed to, they probably would have had a better start, and he would have been more likely to come. So it all it all comes back to that, and I think he probably knows it. Uh, you you can sense the frustration in the interviews that he gives. You can you can sense that. He obviously clearly cares. He he was put into this position with zero expectations at all. And he he did make a competitive team. He's made some really good trades. He's developed a really good prospect pipeline. He's put them in a position to succeed, but he failed them last summer. And uh, it obviously stresses the importance of both this trade deadline and this upcoming summer to for the future of this franchise and for him for him as a GM. In the, Here's in a great the question from Kevin: uh, Why isn't Ryan Johnson playing? I was wondering that myself. I feel like yeah, I don't be, get it. I've, is, so is, is he just being, is it, is he a healthy scratch for sure? Uh, I'm assuming I haven't heard anything about a Ryan Johnson injury. Yeah, I hadn't either, but I was wondering if maybe that kind of went under the radar could be wrong. And if Eric Johnson's playing over Ryan Johnson, I would think that the main reason would be the trade deadline, but then he's enough of a liability that you had to bench him for an entire game. So what does that say about his trade prospects coming up in a week and a half here? Probably not very good if, yeah. if, if you're Kevin Adams. No, no. So that um, – I mean, I will say, Jacob Bryson, I think they are now 9-2-1 with him in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, and maybe he's not the best defensively, but he's a good skater and he's a good puck mover, and he hasn't been as horrible as a lot of people. No, like not like last there. year. No, I, I, thought, I think he's actually been pretty good. This year, so um, I'm all for trading EJ right now. Absolutely going to get traded. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way he doesn't get traded. I don't know for what, but um, I would argue he probably won't play another game for the Sabres. Love it, Dylan. Dylan's got to join the paper bag gang. Love it. 
Um, losing isn't sad anymore. It's depressing from Dennis Walsh. Plus the end of the game hesitation is laughable. I don't know what to think of that bench minor. Like why pick the wrong time, Donnie? Um, there's a lot to unpack here. We'll talk. Well, let's just talk about the last two and a half minutes. Um, he had sustained pressure for about 45 seconds there from, I would say what about two and a half minutes, probably till maybe about a buck 50. Um, and around two, the two minute mark, you started seeing the camera on UPL looking at the bench. Like he wanted to go, he wanted to go. And the way Florida was playing defensively all season or all season, all game. Why aren't you doing it right then and there? Like you might not get another chance and having that six guy in the zone. Maybe the puck just never leaves your zone because you have that guy out there. Like that, that has to be addressed because this isn't the first time we're having these conversations about his inability. A sometimes with his timeout management, his you know when it comes to pulling the goalie, his management of that, and when when the right times do it, when he doesn't do it, like it it, it, just, it drives me nuts. And it's we're going on three years of this with Don Granado. Yeah, I think as I was watching them not pulling UPL at that point, I think they had the puck on the high right boards kind of by where the Florida Panthers bench was. And I think they kind of anticipated uh, a change of possession there. One of the most frustrating things for me in men's league and throughout my hockey career is when they pull me and then the other team immediately gets possession and comes down and scores an empty net goal. That's always incredibly frustrating, both as a goalie and as a team, obviously, because the game is over. But I think that might be the only reason that they didn't do it like right under two minutes is because they didn't have the puck deep. Uh, and maybe they've gone over the analytics on that and who knows why why they didn't. But that's the only reason I can give uh, for that based upon the, the game situation. But obviously not what you want, uh, especially under two minutes. You want to get six guys out there and give yourself the, the best chance yeah. to, to tie the game. It's happened once this year, I think, but you're obviously you got to give yourself a better chance. I think a lot of people laugh at you when you say the season of the line, but I mean, realistically, if you, if you really believe that you're going to still try and fight for a playoff spot here, I mean, what do you got to lose, man? Just get him out. Pull, you know, I mean, pull him right at two and a half minutes, whatever. I know some people's sweet spot is two minutes and under, but like we need a goal here, man. And defensively, they've been keeping everything to the outside perimeter shooting, get more bodies out there, disrupt Bobrovsky. Get get pucks and bodies, then do whatever you got to do. I just, I it just drives me nuts. It drives yeah, me, nuts. and it's just it drives me nuts. I think it's it's another uh, another point of emphasis we've seen. You know, Bobrovsky, I would say, aside from the Cousins' goal, he mostly saw everything tonight. Yeah, and that's just another example of them not getting to the net, them not getting dirty goals. They talk about it every game, every press conference, every practice, and somehow. I think it just comes down to that they don't have the guys to do it. They they don't have the guys that are willing to get to the front of the net. And that is something to think about uh, moving forward. If if you really think there aren't that many spots in this forward group and they're scoring a half a goal less than they were last season and your stars aren't sco- scoring the way they were and Skinner, Thompson, and Tuck, who basically carried your offensive load for you last season and there's not much secondary scoring beyond that, how many spots should there really be? Uh, in this forward group going into next year uh, instead of maybe two, maybe four or five, because a lot of these guys aren't necessarily getting that done. So yeah, it's uh it's a frustrating trend for sure. And uh, against a good goalie and a good team like that, despite, defensively, they get the puck out. They, they funnel rebounds to the corners. 
It's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, it, again, it, there's so much, like, the little little things in this game. Like, each loss, you can really dissect every loss with this team and just really point all the little things that aren't done right and really kind of point. Because like, it's not like they're getting blown out every other game, man. It's not like that. Like, even earlier in the season before UPL won this run, outside of what, that Columbus game, you weren't getting blown out by teams. They were low scoring. A lot of, lot of losses like this. Chance. A lot of losses like this all year long. Yeah. like, And which also signals they're not that far off. <laughs> they're yeah. really not. Which, I, I, I mean, Chad uh, Chad did Demonics on, on Twitter wrote an article last week that, yeah, it, it's really depressing and it sucks, but it's really not as bad as you think. Uh, and it really comes down to a lack of execution offensively and the power play being as atrocious as it is. Because I've, almost everything else has improved. Uh, while the depth scoring isn't great, it's better than it was last year. Uh, the the defense is obviously way better. And the goaltending, uh, we don't even need to say how much better it is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I think that skill is still there. You see it from Tage. He had seven shots on goal tonight. He was creating chances. Same with Tuck. Like, I saw you repost a screenshot from the end of the game when Tuck had it in front of the net, and instead of going top shelf, he ripped a puck to the other side of the boards. Um, that presence, that finishing ability in front of the net that we saw from Skinner, Thompson, and Tuck all last season, that just not has not been there. And ultimately, that will probably be one of the main reasons they miss the playoffs. Yeah, and again, the inability also to just really find – a true top four D man, uh, another off season where you go without one. Um, I, I'm looking at a tweet here from Joe Marino with the charging Buffalo external additions on defense by Kevin Adams. He took over. How many names can you guess? Let's see. I'm mean, trying to guess the number of defensemen Kevin Adams has brought in since he's taken over the number. No, the, just name names. Uh, my head is, is clouded. At see how many you get. I mean, obviously, Clifton Johnson, uh, last season, uh, who did they bring in? Did they bring in anyone? Uh, Labushkin, okay, there's three. Uh, uh, trade Atlanta trade, no, the wrist align and trade the return. Oh, Robert Haig, there's four. Um, I'm gonna need more hints like that. Former devil. Uh, Will Butcher. There's five. Uh, played for Buffalo twice. Also played for Florida. Even um, as a winger. Even as a wing Montour. Nope. No. Uh, Montour did play wing for them for a little bit. Um, Kulikov. Nope. I don't know. Mark Pissick. Oh gosh. Which you could arguably say out of this entire list is probably the best defenseman. That he did bring in, you could argue it. Brandon yeah. Davidson, you're not going to get the rest of these. Matt Irwin, Christian Wallanen, and Cal Clegg. Oh, and Riley Stillman, who hasn't played a single NHL game this season, what was part of last year's deadline. Mm. Those are your defensemen that he has added. Uh, right, tail it's taking over. And for yeah. two seasons, you've needed a top four defenseman to play with. I mean, as good as Darlene is, and he's playing 30-plus minutes a night, he shouldn't be playing 30-plus minutes a night. No. 
nobody should be playing 30 plus minutes a night. No. I, Lance Lykowski uh, had an article today that nobody's done it as much as Darlene has in the past two weeks since like Eric Carlson in 2006 or something. Like the I'm amount stupid. of, yeah, it's stupid. The amount of minutes they're relying on this guy just for how unbelievable he is is not sustainable. Like the yep. dude, he's a beast, obviously, but it's going to get to the point where you're putting himself in a vulnerable position. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Another example of, you know, I mean, if your addition was Eric Johnson, great, but it turns out the coach doesn't really like him very much. So, yeah, I would trade Eric Johnson, a hundred percent salary retention and a six round pick for future consideration just to get him the fuck out of here. Uh, well, that being said, as funny as it is, he will get a return at the deadline. Just yeah, he'll, get, he'll, get a fifth or, he'll get a fifth or a sixth round pick. Yeah, he will get a return. Tonight hurt his um, value. At full retention. <laughs> tonight tonight definitely hurt his value. But, I mean. Honestly, honestly, for every single UFA that we're trading at the deadline, you should be retaining 50 to 75% of their salary because you can to get the best possible return. Yeah, yeah, I guess. 100%. Um, but at the end of the day, these are just going to be picks and yeah. – eventual prospects just added to a really, really good pipeline that won't effectively matter. In a, in from, a from Mauricio, Reinhardt power play effectiveness is based on front net presence, tipping pucks, puck entry, puck possession. Yeah, I, I love Reinhardt for just those things while he was at Buffalo. That was his office, you know? that You know, that's how that's why he's going to get paid a huge contract. Like, where do you think he's – if you use a heat map specifically for Ryan Sam Reinhardt for all season, where do you think he's scoring most of his goals? Right there below the dots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love him back, but I think that's probably going to be a little bit out of our pay grade. Yeah. Kane would have helped GM, uh, GM Kevin Adams didn't give him enough with tons of cap space. I mean, I would have, and at this point, yeah, I would have absolutely overpaid the shit out of him just to, just to give him one season, you know, help this team. I, I, would he have made a difference to this team, Connor? Patrick Kane? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I just wanted on record audio I, on record because no, and I think I mean you know I support as much as anyone. It's just more so that nobody ever said he was good defensively. That's not what he was going to be brought in to do. And also, he's still not good defensively. But I don't think he cares if he's good defensively. Did you see him on the game-winning goal in Chicago the other night? Yeah, every single player was in the offensive zone. Yeah, and he was waiting yeah. by the red line for the breakaway pass. And he gets yep. it, and he goes down with time, and he scores a trademark Patrick Kane goal. Yep. But that, that is what he does. He floats at the red line. Yep. He's good in the offensive zone, and that is who he is. That's who he's been for the majority of his career. Nobody said he was going to be this two-way Selkie winning forward. That's not who he is, and that's what the Sabres do not need right now. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows what Kevin Adams tried to do in the offseason. Maybe nobody wanted to come here or trade for our prospects. I can't believe that. I mean, I know Buffalo's not on everybody's list, top top of everybody's list to want to come here. You could have gotten JT Comfer. You could have you know, gotten. You yeah, gotten there's so many names on that. on that in the offseason that were there. Even, even a slight a slight overpay for a guy like JT. Yeah, Comfer money talks, bullshit walks, bud. For especially for a guy who was initially here that it didn't work out, obviously, and he was tr- in, traded in the O'Reilly trade. That would have been a really good story to get a solid middle six guy to come in and have a little bit of a redemption story. Unfortunately, it didn't work Terrible out. Terrible choices with bringing back 21-28 Joe's EJ and sitting on his hands since. 
I think that's the biggest thing too, is the only move you've made in a season that's gone off the rails as much as it has was Eric Robinson, who has been healthy scratch for half the games, you know, since you made that deal for future considerations or whatever it was. Um, I, I mean, that is my biggest thing is I know people like to say it's, it's difficult to make an in-season trade, but I feel like with the assets Buffalo has and the surplus of them, it shouldn't be. There are teams out there that like Montreal, you know, like St. Louis teams that are probably like Calgary, you know, who at the halfway point of the season knew, you know, what the rest of the season was going to be for them developing your youth and at one point offloading certain guys. I feel like you could have made a midseason trade. Yeah, I, I think so too. But there is something to be said about the fact that you don't see many trades in the NHL uh, for whatever reason. It, it just doesn't seem like it happens that often. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate for the fans, to be honest. It would be way more exciting if, if they did. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure something else could be done, obviously, way more than, than Eric Robinson. Yep. A lot of RJ, uh, Ryan Johnson comments here in the chat about him having to play tonight. And that's like, those are questions I would have liked to see Harry Granado have to answer for. Like, why isn't he playing? Like, what? Like, <laughs> you'll, you'll roll out Zach Benson there every night, you know for better or for worse. I mean, you know, he, he skates hard, but he's not perfect every night, but you're not going to bring out the guy who arguably is your top four guy right now. I mean, Yoki Haru has had a good season, but you could say Ryan Johnson would slot into your top four. I mean, especially Samuelson out, especially, you know, like he's a top four guy for you right now, but instead we're bringing out Jacob Bryson and Eric Johnson. I just don't get it. Yeah. And I, I would, Again, reiterate that the only reason Eric Johnson was playing is because of the trade deadline. And then turns out he was bad enough that he couldn't even play. So, yeah. Um, there's no justification for the last two minutes of the game. UPL has been amazing and power, very small sample size, looked better than he ever was. I agree. I thought power had another good game. Yeah. He's um, been better since he returned from injury. Uh, that's for sure. Agreed. Um, more from Billy Goat. What will the Sabres do with the strength and conditioning? We look bullied for two-thirds of the game. Yeah, I think you got a lot of youth in this team that still hasn't really, you know, grown into their bodies. You still have – I mean, Zach Benson, look out when that kid puts on size. Like, when he fight, like, you know, you would expect that he figures it out sooner than – you know, sooner than it took Casey Mills that to. Um, hope for a big offseason with him. You know, put on 10 pounds of muscle – you know, you've got a, a full year of experience underneath your belt, um, knowing physically what it's going to take to play at this level and get to the next step. I can't wait to see what Zach Benson looks like next year or the following. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna get better every year, and like you said, he's not perfect. But for an 18 year old kid who got drafted this year, 13th overall, he's been largely really really good. So can't wait yeah. to see what he does. UPL looks great, but we need better strength and conditioning for our boys. It's atrocious. We need men who want blood out on the ice and maybe one-third play that way, aggressive aggressive guess, and a better power play. Um, thank you, Javo. Um, I, I just um, – yeah, I think they're soft. I mean, they, they've been this guy – they've been this team all season long. 
I mean, it, can you really think of any game or stretch of games, Connor, where you can look at it and be like, man, Buffalo really just was the more dominant team physically? No. I, mean, really. I, I would I would say this past Sunday was a really good indication of a, a playoff t- playoff style type atmosphere. I thought they looked like they cared way more than they usually do, at, at least physically and getting to tough areas. And obviously when you win three games in a row, you did a lot of things right. I think obviously the biggest reason is, is UPL, but um, they held their own against a really physical team in the Hurricanes the other night. And then tonight – they usually play pretty well on the road. Uh, yeah, they get they got bullied, and it just it just shows you the the clear difference in in these two teams and where the best team in the league is and where we are right now, which is obviously yeah. below the middle of the pack. We got some people that disagree with us on how and power what power is overrated by everyone, and power needed to watch from the box. Been saying that for two months. Listen, you know, I I I kind of. At one point this season started an Owen Power conversation about benching him mid-game. And but I I genuinely think he's looked better. Um li- listen, you, you you see a guy his size and you want him to impose his size more. Totally understand that, and I agree to it to no extent, but that's just not his game right now. But I think I hope that you're eventually you'll see him play like a Victor Hedman style, where you don't see Victor go out Hedman go out there and throw huge hits and you know, play that Chris Prong or Scott Stevens style, like for the size of one power is, but assert his size like Hedman does. I think you eventually down the line, that's what you will see from Owen power. Yeah. I think he's easy to pick on. Uh, yeah. But um, first overall pick. yeah, for sure. And he's 20 years old. Uh, he is also uh, one of the best um, Sabres offensive defensemen. He has been all year, regardless of his deficiencies defensively. So he provides you a lot without, yeah, he hasn't fully come into his full game yet. I don't think anybody expected him to do that. And he can't, he's got a lot of room for improvement and I fully believe he's going to do that, but we don't, we don't have the capability of benching on power right now, clearly. Not right now. So I Um, don't know what people realistically expect. uh, We need someone who offends people and maybe their own players. You're under contract, get tough as nails or leave. Would be tough to break a nail every game. I don't know. Uh, I, I, listen, I, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with the people who think this team is soft. They are. Um, our toughest guy is Krebs. Wait until he fills out. Um, yeah, but I don't need Peyton Krebs to be my toughest guy. As as much as I love it, sometimes. I, I mean, I, I'd still argue that Greenway is, but I, no, no, I I would agree with that. I, I wouldn't have to argue. You have to argue with me to get me there, but. I mean, I don't need Peyton Krebs needs to put the puck in the net. He doesn't need to worry about being in skir- every every single skirmish. But he's he has been, this, this, been, this is the best hockey he's played in his entire been, Yeah, he's been much better with his with his new line. So I'm encouraged by Krebs yep. moving forward. Um, a lot of blame, a lot of people complaining in the chat about Kevin Adams, and I think it's rightfully so. And um, <clears throat> speaking of Kevin Adams, uh, a little bit of discussion today on Twitter before we get out of here. Um, what is the return for Kyle Akposo and Zemgus Gergens? Because I think if you're Kevin Adams and this season continues to go off the rails, which you probably will, I don't think you can just take I, – I get respecting players and their wishes. I totally understand it. But you need to make your team better. And there will be a demand for guys like Kyle Akposo and Zemgus Gergens because of their ability on the penalty kill. 
Hundred percent, there will be. Um, yeah, I, I would say Gergensen's way more than Okposo, but I I don't um, know, dude. He he, Okposo was a captain. He is a captain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you, can, you can be a, but he's not going to get traded to a team where he's going to have a leadership role. No, but I think having having a letter on one going on one team and going to another way. Oh, but I'm I'm that, strictly that does matter, man. About, I'm, I, it does matter, but I also think it matters way more uh, where you are physically. And I think, as we've talked about many times, the game is is pretty much passed him by from a speed perspective. Whereas Zemgis is going to fill in very nicely on a fourth line for for one of these teams. No, I don't disagree with you. And, and that and that and that could be the Panthers, uh, the Knights, the even the Leafs, the Bruins, any of these teams that need a little bit more grit and physicality and speed. He he can't score. For the most part, but he does provide a role in that sense. And I do think he is really good on the penalty kill. I just think that Oposo is a little bit too old and slow. And that that is strictly what I'm talking about here. Well, um, slow, slow, sure. Um, I, I just I just don't know who he replaces on one of these teams. And it, it probably would be a younger, faster guy with more physicality. And if you're trading for a guy like that, that's those are the traits that you're trading for. So, so for me, like leadership matters. Yes, having a letter on a team for a long time matters. Being a good guy, but tangibly, you need those traits, and I, I just don't think he has them right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think Kyle Ocposo at fifty percent salary retained to a team like Boston or even a team like Carolina in a bottom six role, a team that might need more juice for their penalty kill. Um, again, on a line that's probably only going to play 10, 11 minutes a night, um, I think he probably gets you like a third third round pick. That's my I, opinion. I personally think that's way too high. No, um, I don't. Listen, I think, man, it's all about market value. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That's thing. It, it's, I, I think Gergensen's could do that, but not opposing. I think Gergensen's gets I People are going to think I'm crazy, but – and, and I found the comparable from I go I know it was from ten years ago. Gostad was thirty. Gostad was not a fast player. He wasn't. He was slow. Gostad was slow. Uh, he averaged maybe fifteen to twenty five points a season. He, uh, from a stat line perspective, was a bottom six, sometimes even fourth line player. And the only thing he really brought to the table was he was a face off specialist. Do you remember what he got at the deadline, Connor? Yeah, he posted it today. I forget what it was. It was a first-round pick. Which is insane, and that'll never No, happen. it is insane. <laughs> Some people can call it an outlier. But certain players and what they bring to the table, depending on what they need specifically, especially a team that's already contender, there is a market value that they'll place on a player like that. And I said it's up to Kevin Amps. He can either set the market himself, and make that trade sooner or wait for or wait the same way that Darcy did and get and wait for all the players all the players the deals to fill out I personally on the side of if you're going to trade them be the team to set the market yeah that's no, if, my if, opinion if, if you can do that great um I just personally think in this case and I think the market has changed for that type of player in recent years so I don't think it's any anything more than I'm not saying they're a first round pick, not at all. I think, I, don't, I don't think it's anything more than a fifth round pick. I really don't. I that's just me. We will we will we will we will come back to this discussion when that time comes. I, I think that if you're Kevin Adams, you can't sit here and be like, 
I can't hold, you know what I mean? You want to get your youth guys in here. You, you want to see what they have. You want to give younger guys who have been succeeding in the AHL, maybe even Savoy. Savoy, if Savoy isn't traded, he's on this team next year. Like you, you can't hold it. You can't send him to juniors again. There's no way, no way. Um, I, I you have to tell him like I have to trade you guys. Pick, you know, give me, give me your list of teams. I know there's a respect part of it, but you have to get some return if you. And I, I would hope that discussion would have happened when you signed him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope. I don't know. So that's just me. I think personally. Both those guys can probably get you third round picks. That's just my opinion. Especially if you're retaining most at least half the salary, which they should. They are in a position to do it and they should. Yeah, I think retention would definitely help that case, but I also don't think they're good enough to get that level of, of prospect. So we'll see. Yeah. So uh do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um Aside from what we've already talked about, uh, if we, if you want to do three stars, I was thinking uh, probably would be Cousins. Uh, I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, aside from the goal, obviously, I thought he had a lot of chance creation and opportunities that uh, we haven't seen a lot from him this season. So I thought that was good. Uh, Tage, obviously not playing completely healthy, but he did create a lot of chances and he was able to get a goal finally. So hopefully that can springboard him a little bit. And then obviously UPL, we didn't, we haven't gotten into the weeds too much in terms of a lot of the saves he made, but he was really reminding me of like Patrick Watt and I, <laughs> like the, the way that he plays and how steady and composed he is in his net and not being too aggressive and his positioning and his rebound control and everything to do with his game that we've seen over the past two to three months now is so encouraging and it's everything we thought he was going to be. And as a, obviously a, a, an appreciator of, of good goaltending, it's really amazing to watch. And uh, I'm really happy for him. He's obviously put in a lot of work. Uh, I think he's probably put in a lot of work with the goaltending coach and also himself in the off season to recover from a double hip surgery and to get to this point where he is one of the top five goalies in the league for, for most of the year. It's, it's yeah. insane to say it, that he was the third goalie to begin this season with the Sabres, but he is playing out of his mind right now. So yep. that is an amazing sign for this team moving forward because goaltending has largely been the main issue. I think they'll figure out the scoring. I think they'll figure out the power play, but having UPL play at this level can only mean good things for the team moving forward. Yep. I, uh, I, I agree with all three of your stars. That's probably how I would have laid it out. Um, before we leave, I did want to, Someone did bring up a point because this rumor was floating around uh, yesterday that Brady Kachuk is not being shopped, but Ottawa was willing to listen. Um, I don't know how much truth there is of that. And it's insane if they were to be doing that. But Matthew Kachuk also did get traded last year. So that being said, what would your value be for Brady Kachuk if that rubs any any truth to that rumor? Yeah, I mean, he's exactly the type of guy you need, right? Like, he's not as high end of a offensive playmaker as his brother is, but he's the agitator. He's a leader, clearly. He is, yeah, he's the exact type of forward that you need. Uh, 
I don't know what it is. I really don't. I'm not sure what his contract is off the top of my head, but it's obviously first round picks. It's high end prospects. That's Savoy. That's uh, maybe even Kulik, but they, I know they've said no on Kulik before. So, yeah. but if you're if you're getting a guy of that caliber, I think almost anyone's on the table. That could be Middlestat. That could be that could be almost anybody. So, yeah, I uh, if that's a thing, I think you call and ask, and then you go from there. Because if Ottawa really, really wants to reset this and start this rebuild from scratch, that's obviously what they do. So yeah, yeah, I uh, specifically for for the Sabers, but also for almost any team, he would. He yeah, would I uh, listen. There isn't a single player not named Rasmus Dahlin. You know that it wouldn't be on the table for a guy like Brady Kachuk. Yeah, I think UPL is getting to that category. Um, no, <laughs> he's almost as great as, as great as he is, man. It's it's twenty less than twenty games. I you're know not, you're not. Yeah. You know, listen, dude, you are not selling me. You are not selling me. My I have defended. I have defended UPL on this podcast just as much as you. But if Toronto call or not Toronto, Ottawa called tomorrow and put a, 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 a get together a reasonable package that included UPL, I am saying yes all day, all day. It would be it all would day. Be, it would be tough for me to do it. That's that's great, but it's Brady Kachuk. I know, I know. If it was Matthew Kachuk. That's a different there's story. No way, there's just no way you say to that. You say, there's no way you say no to that. There's no yeah, way you say I no just, to that. I, he I is think, a, he's a franchise-changing player. Yeah, but we understand. We also know how much this franchise has been changed by good goaltending. And they, they, they've had they've had best in the league goaltending for the second half of the season. And where are they, Connor? I, where I, are I they? Really understand, Connor? That, where but, are they? But Brady Kachuk is also not going to get you, Connor. Where are they? Are they still in the basement? Well, Connor, are they still in the basement? They are. Okay. I I completely get that, but we've seen many times before that like players get in slumps, and I fully believe that Tage, Tuck, and Skinner are going to figure this out. The power play is going to get better. I just don't think that you trade UPL for for much right now. I really don't. But that's just me. If Brady Brady Kachuk gets on the table, I'm saying yes all day. Just saying. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. uh, The only guy on this team. I would actually put Tage in that conversation before I put UPL just because of the contract Tage is on and how yeah. great that that contract is. Yeah. So those are the only two players that are off the table for me when it comes to a player like Brady Kachuk. Yeah. And, well, for me, you, you're not going to tell me that a guy who, for the first time in his career, has, again, we have defended, I have defended, you defended UPL even when half more than half the fan base wanted him on waivers. There's no chance I'm saying no, <laughs> with the exception of those two guys when it comes to Brady Kachuk. And I'll hang up and listen. That's just, all right. Just me. Well, it's um, probably a pipe dream, so we don't need to get. No, it is a pipe dream, but there's just no chance I'm saying no. Uh, if if this was the second season of UPL doing this, yeah, okay, but. I need more. I need more than than this stretch of games for me to say no to a guy like Brady Kachuk, who could legitimately, legitimately change the the direction of this franchise. But that's just me. Um. But yeah, that's it for me, uh, guys. Remember this is brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Westerners Premier Market and Tap Room. Over three hundred beers to choose from. 
and open from 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. and later with uh, live trivia, music, entertainment at all eight locations, both kid and dog-friendly and Buffalo Co. Apparel. Go check out them at Buffalo Co. on Instagram and Twitter. Check out their hats, their shirts, their hoodies. They are there to service you for all of your Buffalo sports apparel needs and at Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter as well. I am Dwayne for Hurls. Uh, Love you, bud. We will talk to you guys uh, Thursday night when they take on what would have been a much more important game had they won tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one.
Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. To the Blue Hotel I wanna live At the Blue Hotel The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares It's for the open-minded The pleasure seeker it's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.